0: What's up, champs? Welcome to another season of the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast, brought to you by Keeping Carlson on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Ben Burnett. Joining me tonight, uh, for the first time in several weeks, uh, I guess he, he he appeared as a disembodied voice last week on last week's show. But tonight he's back in face and in flesh, my pal and yours, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, my friend, my buddy, my pal, how are you doing this fine,
1: fine Tuesday evening? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to have uh, multiple hockey games in the same day. It was nice to get a little, a little taste and a moose boosh, as I think we've said in the past. Um, but yeah, now we're getting, you know, multiple games a day and soon, uh, we're coming up to a humongous Thursday. I'm really, really excited and looking forward to it. Can't wait to, uh, get that gambler's thrill, uh, when you see a goal come across the, the notifications.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit annoying. We're what uh, a period and a half, about halfway through this Rangers Lightning game. And uh, last time I checked, anyway, I, I turned it off because I'm such a professional. Uh, no goals, so I, I was hoping to see some uh, see some action before we started the the cast here. But unfortunately, still zero zero. About 15 minutes left in the second. Uh, unfortunately, the the one piece of news from a fantasy perspective that we have. Vitaly Krafczuk already uh, done for the game with an upper body injury, uh, squeezed into the boards during the first period. Um, bit of a bummer. He had a he had a nice looking spot on the second line with uh, with Panarin and Trocek.
1: Yeah, uh, took a hit from Hedman uh, and had to to exit the ice. So that's a bummer. I I hope he'll be back soon. But it has been interesting, I think, to see uh, Kako uh, in his uh, top line deployment there. So um you know i think we had hoped for sort of a maybe a similar opportunity uh for Kravstav. we're not going to see that at least not quite yet but um kako is a guy who i think we want to definitely keep an eye on in terms of uh hopefully being able to get some production obviously these are two world-class goalies so uh those us hoping for a rain of goals uh in the first game of the real season if you want to call it that we may have to wait a little bit longer That's right.
0: Um, So for those of you who are new for this season of Short Shifts, we are the twice weekly check-in show between Brian and Elon's ginormous Sunday evening episodes of Keeping Carlson. And this show is designed to keep you up to date with fantasy news, takes, and analysis all throughout the fantasy season. Uh, This year, as the folks who are following us uh, on following us for the live show right now know we're live streaming every episode at 8 30 eastern time on twitch at twitch.tv slash keeping carlson uh we're being joined by our good pal john reed on the ones and twos john is going to be popping in a bit later to drop some uh some fantasy knowledge some some nuggets on us Um, but Lewis, let's get into the show and, uh, we do have a little bit of, uh, you know, this is the first episode of the season, but we do have some actual hockey to talk about because as we mentioned earlier, the NHL's global series was a tremendous success this year. Everyone's talking about the games in Prague, um, between Nashville and San Jose. And, you know, with our show, obviously there's not much to say about the Philip Forsberg's of the world, the, you know, the, uh, the UC Saros's. Um, But I do want to talk about Luke Kunin to start us off, uh, who scored a power play goal and got an assist along with four shots and four hits, averaging almost 19 minutes in the first two games of the season, playing on line one for San Jose, uh, also featuring on the second power play unit. Uh, if we look at Coonan's numbers, he's never seen more than 16 minutes a night over a full season. And the splits with with these last two games are very slanted toward the first game when he did play 21 minutes, uh, just 16 minutes in game two. But if he is going to see, you know, 17, 18 minutes a night... I'm kind of into Luke Koonin, um, a guy who's probably being dropped fairly uh, significantly ama- among Yahoo and Fantrax leagues because he was added as a streamer for those early week games. But I'm kind of into him like the same way that Tanner Jeannot was sort of interesting and-, and fantasy relevant at times last year. A guy who can put up peripheral numbers and is getting enough exposure to Timo Meyer, Tomasz
1: Hurdle that he can be fantasy relevant for stre- at least when he's hot, right? For stretches. Yeah, um, you know, I kind of think of, I, I think he's got to be considered at least right now as kind of a Jeanneau plus. I definitely would take uh, Kunin over Jeanneau right now just because, yeah, that line mate quality uh, at even strength is going to be a lot different. Jeanneau playing from that third line right now uh, with another guy we're going to be talking about later uh, occupying a slot on the second line that maybe he would have been able to move into. Uh, really like him for uh, categories leagues um or leagues that that are going to give you some credit for hits obviously the more the better um but yeah love to see two shots a game two hits a game and he's got a point per game uh so far obviously you're not going to expect that to continue um but if you grabbed him and you've got him i say hold on while he is you know hot and getting this nice deployment you know even in a couple losses being able to point i think is pretty important uh and you know certainly um be ready to drop him if he cools off or if he gets demoted. Uh, but yeah, I think that is uh, a very nice spot to be playing from. And, and let, you're right. You know, we saw the transaction trends. Uh, he's a guy who's getting dropped quite a bit just because, yeah, people grabbed him just for that opening night. Um, but yeah, he might be, he might worth a whole be worth a hold for a little while longer.
0: And uh shout out to our buddy, Elon. We have a, a live score announcement Mika Zabanajad shorthander to start the scoring in this uh, Tampa Bay New York game. Uh assists from Jacob Truba and Keandre Miller. I added Keandre Miller in a league, and I'm you know what? In a in a bangers league, I think I'm pretty interested in uh in what Keandre could do this year with with extra time on ice. Uh, let's continue with the with the planned show though, Lewis, and, and I know that there's another player you want to talk about who featured in those those incredible,
1: iconic Prague games last week. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Before I do, just want to mention, and we got a a good tip from TPK Games in the chat. Uh, You know, there will be a little bit more competition for that uh, slot that is currently occupied by Kunin once uh, Barabanov gets back. So just another thing to keep an eye on. But if he plays well enough, I don't see why he wouldn't get to hold that spot. Uh, Barabanov, you know, uh, definitely ran into some... uh, really slow stretches last year uh, and wasn't able to necessarily produce with that nice deployment. Yeah, so another guy who showcased uh, out in Prague was Nino Niederreiter, uh, who had an extremely sustainable three goals on three shots during the two Prague games playing on that second line with Ryan Johansson and on the second power play. Uh, this is a guy who was seeing under 15 minutes a night. So not quite the, uh, the increased minutes bonanza that we're seeing from uh, Kunin. Um, but can't hardly argue with uh, the results. Anyone who, who drafted or streamed him uh, is feeling very good about themselves right now. Uh, I'm wondering if you're feeling any of this Nino excitement after this hot start, or is this a flash in the pan? And who would you prefer um, between the two options that we've discussed at this point?
0: Yeah, I think the, the 14 minutes a night, the three shots in two games, not th- not all that excited for Nino. I guess I don't mind the Raijo second line, you know, decent streamer type. uh. But I think that Kunin for me is somebody who you could see kind of being in a, um, God, who's a good example of this? Like uh, Michael Furland was in it for a couple of seasons recently before he, uh, he ran into concussion injury, uh, concussion, re- repetitive head injuries that ended his career, unfortunately. But with uh, somebody who you knew he wasn't going to put up 60 plus points, but he would put up you know, points in bunches on his way to 45, 50 point pace, and then could shoot and hit and put up PIMS for you to, to fill out those categories. I think that Kunin has more intrigue to me for that reason.
1: Yeah, he's kind of like uh, one of those any given night type guys where, you know, if you just need a handful of points, you might be able to get them uh, if, if things go right. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think I'm with you there. Uh, how about Nino versus third liner Tanner Janot?
0: Uh, I guess I would go to because I feel like he'll fill out more, like in a points league, I feel like he'll just have more shots and hits to, to sort of prop him up. But I mean, if you were asking me who's more likely to put up 60 points, then I would say it's Nino, but yeah, these are two guys that I would probably be picking between, you know, 12 guys at this, at this <laughs> tier, if I were making this decision in most leagues. For sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think we we first you know, with with all the excitement of that early season, we forget that there are thirty other teams that we can be talking about.
0: Yes. Well, no, we don't forget that, but maybe uh, <laughs> maybe everyone else that's what we're here for, is to remind folks of, of all those other teams. Uh all right, Lewis. One more headline here. Uh talking about power play one in Florida. The Desert Cats. I don't what is the nickname for the Florida Panthers? The the Thurs, right? We call them the Thurs? Yeah, all the time. Right. Uh, so the, <laughs> the Florida Thurs have announced that they are going into the season with a three forward, two defense power play one setup, a top line of Barkov, Kachuk, and Reinhardt, and Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour on the power play On the points, I should say, Um, Brandon Montour, obviously the intriguing player here because he's the one who's not rostered in every single fantasy league imaginable. Only 12% rostered on Yahoo and has seen some power play run in the past with Anaheim, uh, but has never really leapt out as a strong power play option. I guess I'm wondering, Lewis, how interesting Montour is to you in a shallow league, in a deep league, or is this somebody who you see as a, a flyer for a defenseman, where you, you might hold him as a number four for now, just to see how things go, or, or is he more of a streamer type for you?
1: Um, you know, I think he could be interesting, kind of like lottery ticket. I don't have a ton of confidence in him, uh, I believe, unless I'm mistaken. He got some time on power play one when Ekblad was injured last season and didn't produce anything with it at all. Um, I think we were talking about that when we were discussing uh, G-Force Gustav Forsling uh, as an option and sort of talking about his chances to get on a power play versus Montour. Clearly uh, that particular flip of the coin has come up in Montour's favor um, and maybe having Ekblad out there instead of having to sort of be the power play QB is the secret sauce for him to have six, six, some success. Uh, You know not not a ton of great scheduling for him. Uh, the the Thurs only have two games this week, and they are on Thursday and Saturday, which are very busy nights already. But uh, a lot of teams only carry kind of that minimum number of defensemen, so they might all be rostered. And I'm into him in the way I am into like a Kalen Addison, probably, where like you've got somebody who has an opportunity, and if they don't work out, you probably didn't spend a whole lot to get them, so you can kind of cut them loose. Uh, his advantage over Addison is that You know, he is playing for, uh, you know, a, a higher scoring team, or at least it was higher scoring last year. We'll kind of see, uh, how they deal with some of the changes that they made. Uh, and he's likely to get more minutes. Um, you know, I think Addison is going to be pretty sheltered and probably, you know, a, a, uh, mid to, to high teens type minute player, uh, where Montour, I think does have the opportunity to, to play some more minutes and rack up some more peripherals, um, you know That being said, uh, Addison has a little bit more of an offensive pedigree, so I think that helps balance the scales a little bit further in his direction. So uh, at the end of the day, I kind of see him as a very similar option in that regard. Uh, worth a pickup as a potential lottery ticket. If he sticks and can be productive, you'll be high-fiving yourself all season, and if he doesn't do much, uh, you can drop him, and it didn't really cost you much at all. I'm...
0: I'm going to say I'm much more into Kalen Addison than Brandon Montour, uh, mainly because I just, we know what Brandon Montour looks like uh, as a, uh, as a, at even strength. Um, I don't think that we see a change in his usage at even strength to a significant degree. I think very much it's somebody who, like, best case scenario, puts up an extra, let's say 15, power play points this year right and and then we're talking about a guy who overall last year would have been a 40 yeah about a 45 point guy with very very little in the way of peripherals to talk about I guess about a hit or a block per game Kalen Addison at least represents a little bit more possibility to me so I I think that the upside is the other thing is I feel like with two defensemen there won't Maybe the, maybe the plan is to move the puck around the uh, the top of the net or uh, around the top uh, up to the point and and work it back and forth between those defensemen. But to me, it feels a little bit like you if you have two power play defensemen, you you don't have one uh, to to butcher the uh, the expression about quarterbacks. Um, just because I feel like you're just making your. Most likely you're just nullifying some of the advantage you get from having the power play and having four offensive uh, players all out there on the ice. So I I think that Kalen Addison in Minnesota, at least, is like you could see him being a complementary piece that creates a better uh, power play in Minnesota, whereas I don't feel
1: like Brandon Montour is the ideal solution in that spot. For sure. So I gotta say, if you're coming out with the big wet blanket for uh, the the two defensemen power play there, I can only imagine how you will react if uh, we do manage to see uh, Colorado roll out their three defensemen second power play unit. But uh, that is a chat for another day, I believe.
0: I also feel like Colorado has the personnel to pull off some stuff that most, especially like running incredible defense, like... I mean, this is a team that has Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram and Devon Taves and Sam Gerrard. Like, that is not the situation in Florida. Sure. Um, their cup runneth over. Yes, exactly. Uh, literally. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we are going to throw out the holiday gift guides and bring in the fantasy wish lists. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back. To short shifts uh Lewis, we are now entering the new segment of our show this was a this was an l e original. Do you mind uh, explaining to the audience what the uh what the premise is here?
1: yeah, for sure, you know uh we had two games and two teams kind of to talk about, so I thought why not uh, start out the fantasy season with Looking at some things that we would hope for, that we would wish for, that if our, you know, uh, if we could could rub a genie's lamp, what would we ask for to see this season that would be interesting? Not necessarily like big time Homer stuff, or you know, I, I want to to win a round of the playoffs in the Cupful, <laughs> you know, those those kind of far reached uh, high hopes wishes. Um, but instead sort of focus on some things that we think would make the season interesting. That would be, you know, cool to see in fantasy. Uh, and so I will start out. And this is something that I had for my uh bold per This was from the hot takes episode over the off season uh, on the Brian and Elon mega show. Um, but I, I called my shot. I said, uh, we're going to get a mostly healthy season from Matt Murray. He was going to be a true number one. And uh, ultimately the, the, Leafs, were are going to be very happy to have uh, gotten him. Uh, so, yeah, my wish, number one, is that Murray stays healthy. Uh, you know, within reason. I don't think we can expect him to, to you know, play every game or play 65 games. Uh, he is Matt Murray. But, like, Matt Murray-style healthy uh, and rack up 35 wins uh, and help Toronto get that monkey off their back and make it beyond the second round of the playoffs. How far? We're going to have to wait until I reach a later wish. I mean, you've you've gifted them a, a full
0: extra round in the playoffs. the the monkey The monkey starts in round one, I think. Or, well, I meant sorry, I meant like get to round two. Get to round two. Uh, okay, okay. I don't know what exactly I said. You said get past round. It's it's no big deal, you know what? Because we are cruising through. <laughs> so what we're going to do uh, now that now that Lewis has presented his first take, we are going to uh, I'm going to rate his take out of ten from one not likely to happen to ten. I could I could see it, and in this case, I am going to give this take a th- four out of ten. Uh, certainly, I you know Matt Murray and the Leafs could be a match made in heaven. Uh, doesn't seem super likely, I guess to me. But ultimately, what stays in the way of this coming true is your cousin Dave like confidence in uh, in predicting the health. Of uh, of an NHL player, which to me just seems like a fool's errand. So so it's tough for me to get to get too hype on this take.
1: Yeah, understandable. I mean, he has given us almost nothing to to demonstrate that he is, you know, capable and ready of carrying on this particular uh, this particular task. But listen, this is not uh, this is not, you know, fantasy. I think this is going to happen necessarily. This is my wish list. And I am I am spending one of my three here uh, to get Matt Murray back on track and to demonstrate that he is a true number one. My
0: dad is going to be stoked to hear that you're uh, you're buying the Matt Murray Kool-Aid. I'm going to – I'll go next then. Mine is different, uh, but it is another Canadian team, uh, a good thing happening to another Canadian team. Uh, mine is about Evan Bouchard, and I think that Evan Bouchard is going to get on the, the Oilers' top power play this season. And uh, I think that Evan Bouchard could just be a league winner in that scenario – uh, we saw the the peripherals that Bouchard puts up when when he's given uh enough time on ice to to produce the the shots the the blocks and you know a, a decent number of hits as well um but we've also seen a player who is able to produce at a at a very solid offensive clip um you know somebody who's Passing game is really helpful when you have a player like Connor McDavid who can flee the zone at a moment's notice and somebody who I think chemistry wise could be like I said, it could be a league winning pick somebody who I could see putting up 65 points in the right scenario 60 65 points if he's up on that top power play uh, in Edmonton for most of the season. So Evan Bouchard power play one league winner is the number one uh,
1: on my wish list this fantasy season. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting one. Um, you know, uh, this was a guy who managed uh, 43 points with only seven on the power play. So certainly uh, if he ups his usage, there is a ton of room to grow uh, in terms of his possibilities. So we've established that a one is like total pipe dream and a 10 is I can definitely see it. Right.
0: Yeah, that's that's our, that's it. I our do scale. Really like how uh the the lower side is like no chance ever and the high side is like
1: I guess <laughs> <laughs> I guess it could happen. Yeah, yeah. well, no, we're you know, not definitely, but yeah, sure. <laughs> so so this is one I'm going to rate pretty high. I'm going to give this an 8. Ooh. I think that uh what we've seen from uh Tyson Berry has been underwhelming. Uh he yeah. really just hasn't been able to Deliver on kind of his promise, uh, that we saw previously, uh, before he came out to Edmonton. Um, you know, I think there's always the argument that like, okay, if you don't have Barry out there on power play one, then why is he on the team at all? Uh, and I understand, you know, where that point is coming from. And I see why, you know, people would, would have that approach. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you really want to be competitive, you've got to get the most out of, out of your lineup. And I could see Bouchard, uh, up there as the power play one guy being the best possible uh, guy to fill that slot. And if that's the case, I think that you have to jump all over it because, you know, uh, that window is only open for so long. You only get so many shots at it. Uh, and I think if Edmonton wants to be a team that gets out there and, uh, and, and really is competitive and takes a, a real shot at winning a cup, um, I think that Evan Bouchard might be the guy to help them do that. So I love that you're saying he's a league winner for fantasy. Uh I'm saying that he could be a league winner uh in the NHL as well. Uh, you know, that is a distinct possibility. So I really like that, and I think I'm going with a pretty high rating. I'm gonna give that an eight out of ten. They call him Bouchard, not Bouchsoft. That's the only thing that's left to
0: be said here, I think.
1: Uh all right. I am going to jump into, uh, my next one here. Uh, and this one is, uh, a little bit of, you know, I, I, I suppose it is there's, there's some tangential fantasy stuff here. Um, but what I really want to see is I think it would be really cool if Arizona leans into their crazy arena situation this season. And it just turns out to be awesome. Like if Arizona states, uh, hockey arena is packed with 5,000 coyote diehards uh who are screaming their heads off i think that would be such a cool uh situation to play in i think that um you know it's it's going to be different from any other place where you can see a game in the nhl it's going to be the most intimate setting uh that you can have in the league and i would just love to see them um you know Uh, you know, out outpace their very, very meager expectations. No one is expecting a ton from this team. But if you could have a Clayton Keller that puts together, you know, uh, if I'm making my wish, right, a 70, 75-point season uh, where he's exciting, if they can, you know, move on from Jacob Chikrin and, uh, you know, see some of their young talent take some steps forward. Uh, you know, again, I don't think anyone expects a ton from this team, but I just feel like, and I think Brian mentioned this too on a previous show, like getting to go to a game there would be really interesting, you know, to see the NHL in a, in a college setting. You know, I've been to a ton of college hockey games, but I've never seen an NHL game in a, you know, little college arena. So a uh, big season from Clayton Keller, uh, maybe Corral Vemelka can continue to, to outpace what we sort of think can, can happen for him. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, being, a uh, you talked with, um, Nate about, uh, Vemelka last show, and you know he only put together you know what high eight hundreds. Um, so you know I think if he can if he can get into you know a little bit closer to league average, this could be kind of a fun team to watch. And I think that the setting uh, is going to be really interesting for the few years that we have it. Uh, and I'm wishing them a ton of success in that tiny arena.
0: The vibes are so good from you right now on this one. I just I want to say I want to give this one a high score just because I think it's the most fun prediction. Uh, that we have on our list, maybe it's not going to happen. But hey, I'm not trying to harsh on these bad vibes. Shouts out cousin Dave's. This
1: one is all about the vibes for me. I'm giving this a nine out of 10. All right, nice. And you know, one thing I was thinking about too, is even if the uh, even if we can't get like a ton of, of, you know, raging uh, Coyotes fans in there, you know, maybe we'll get those tickets bought up by some snowbirds uh, who are down, you know, for the warm weather. Uh, And at least it can be a fun arena for whoever your away team is. You know, instead of the big echoing empties, uh, you know, you can still get your sellouts and have, you know, a loud, raucous crowd, even if it's not necessarily for your boys.
0: So I'm going to go in a similar direction here and talk about a team that has very low expectations coming into the season. And that is uh, the Seattle Kraken a team who I'm going to go ahead and say is a fringe playoff team here. It doesn't sound like a super hot take or anything to be like, oh, yeah, they'll finish in that like seven to ten spot. I guess in the NBA, they would be a play in team. Um, But I I think that the reason I wanted to bring this up on a show like Short Shifts on a a fantasy hockey podcast is because I think that this is something I talked about in the offseason, too. There uh, there are a lot of there's a lot of opportunity here for fantasy values. So in particular, I think Matty Beneers, Oliver Bjorkstrand and Philip Grubauer all are going to pay dividends to fantasy managers who got them late. And the other name I want to mention is Jared McCann, who who we talked about a few weeks ago on a on a previous episode of Short Shift. These are guys who are going like in the 140th or later uh, overall, and they are going to be the the. Primary producers on a team that last year was uh, basically horrendous because they couldn't stop a puck to save their life. Uh, but as we get closer to you know regular season games and and now that we're into the season, I feel like more and more folks are starting to hop on the Seattle bandwagon, and uh, I'm joining them. Yeah, uh, I'm not trying to be a hipster here, as I was accused of being in the chat earlier. This is uh, this is. Uh, this is all me I'm 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 all in on these on these Seattle Kraken
1: all right well uh I love your your enthusiasm uh and you know uh definitely big vibes uh and yeah I I can see your argument too like they've got these new pieces they've got these new uh you know uh rookies or or limited NHL I guess they're both still count as rookies been played last year but um you know, some support down the middle uh, where they didn't really have it before some newfound depth with it, which I think is going to be really exciting. I do think, you know, they get to they get to play some some teams that are that are in their space uh, in terms of success level. If that's uh not they're <laughs> in a bad division is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Yes. In so many words, uh, I could have cut to the quick there, I suppose. Um So yeah, I think the opportunity is there. I'm a little nervous about the, you know, extent to which we're sort of hoping that they are going to be able to, um, you know uh capitalize on some of the improvements that they made just because it feels like once again this is uh a team that could potentially end up as less the sum of their parts uh once they're out there on the ice like the you know the pieces are there but i still think they are going to um need some time to gel i think that you know it it took them a while last year and and you know we shouldn't discount the fact that they were beset by injuries as well um, But ultimately, I do think it's going to be more of a challenge maybe than some folks think uh, for Seattle to sort of put all the pieces together. And while I like the idea of them sort of being a, a, a mid-low team, I think they might still uh be a little bit away um from being as competitive as they hope to be i hope i'm wrong because i wish all the best certainly for maddie Beniers, uh, michigan wolverine um but i think that uh and, and like you said you know being picked 140 and beyond i do think that these are guys like fantasy wise that are going to be able to help you out but i don't see it yet in terms of uh you know where the team is going to end for the season so i like it for fantasy um So, you know, from that perspective, I think I'm like a six, but for like NHL success, I think I'm going to be closer to a three.
0: All right, Lewis,
1: tell us your last wish of this fantasy season. All right. Well, I may have to uh, abdicate my citizenship here after this one, but I am wishing my wish three is for an all Canada Stanley cup finals. I think that would be really fun, really exciting. I think a lot of folks would, uh, enjoy it very much maybe not necessarily uh on our side of the divide um but i think that could be really thrilling uh as as uh john has put up on the screen this hasn't happened since 1989 i was a wee lad of uh i guess i would have been two uh in that early summer when it last happened uh so you know i think that um uh, this is a season where maybe we've had the best chance of it taking place yet now of course Uh, Really, the only team out of the East that can do it is Toronto. So we're putting a lot of of hopes into Toronto being able to successfully, you know, uh, uh, get that monkey off their back, as we talked about before, uh, and make it not only to the second round, but beyond the second round, beyond the third round, to those finals. Uh, I could see, you know, the possibility of uh, Calgary pulling it off. I could see Edmonton pulling it off. My ideal way to see it happen is, since this is my wish, I want to see this All-Canada Stanley- up final happen on the backs of a crazy rocket Richard season for Austin Matthews he just misses 70 goals and ends up with a nice number of 69 uh, a crazy 130 point art Ross season from McDavid you know this is not uh, this is not hoping for you know the little guys to pull up and succeed this is for hoping for those big juggernauts from the top of the draft just go bananas this season I think it would be super fun uh, to see uh, a Toronto and uh, Edmonton or a Toronto Toronto and Calgary uh, Stanley cup finals with just a ton of scoring from the stars on those teams. I'm going to give this one a two.
0: Uh, (laughs) I just, everybody gets so hype about making this prediction every off season. And I listen, you're spinning a yarn that I love the, the, the individual player predictions, the fantasy side of this super into it. Uh, When it comes to the, the playoff element, meh i, I don't know. <laughs> who, who cares it's i don't know you're talking about how you might be unpopular on your side of the border and my thought is yeah americans will riot when uh, <laughs> when the sport they care the least about involves them slightly less for one season i think Certainly. i think everyone will be
1: okay yeah, um, yeah yeah i imagine so um i did i was gonna say um i think that uh you know, obviously, this one has has a lot of factors that go into it, and it is very difficult, obviously, to arrive at a Stanley Cup final. Um, but uh, you know, this is not one that I have been. To, to be fair, I have not been one of the one of the Toronto Slappies who every offseason is like, "This is it, this is the year." So, uh, but I really feel like uh, you know, just there, the, the the stars are primed for such a fantasy season uh, that it would be fun to to see this happen and to finally actually happen.
0: All right, Lewis, I have one more wish and I'm not allowed to wish for more fantasy hockey wishes, unfortunately. So I have to uh, take this one very seriously. And uh, my wish, my third and final wish for the 2022 fantasy hockey season, Jack Eichel becomes, uh, has such a good season this year that he is a top 10 pick once again in fantasy drafts in 2023. Uh, Eichel obviously over in Vegas now where he is going to start the season playing with Phil Kessel and Riley Smith at even strength and on an overloaded top unit on the power play with Stone Stevenson and Smith uh, as well as Shea Theodore. Um, Jack Eichel was incredible to end the season last year, looked extremely good in the preseason, was somebody who I think a lot of folks have targeted in late second, third rounds in their drafts. And is somebody who is, I think, very, very likely to offer excess value to what was already a a very high draft slot. So I like Jack Eichel to finally put it together, put up a 95 point season with three and a half to four shots per game and uh yeah become a uh like i said maybe he goes eighth or ninth in uh in fantasy drafts next year around the alex barkov slot in 2023 what do you think about that one
1: lewis i love this call and i think that anybody who drafted eichel does as well um you know just getting him back to to being what he was before the neck injury and all of that drawn out drama and nonsense with uh with Buffalo, I think would be so outstanding. He just was such a fun fantasy own uh, because of that enormous shot volume that you mentioned. Almost nobody uh, shoots the way that Eichel does when he is on his best game, uh, and I think you know I'm very hopeful that we're finally in a season where he is going to be settled in his role, where he knows what it's going to be coming into the season, where he is over the injury issues, uh, and. Yeah, I think that he is capable of producing the kind of season that we're talking about. That talent is still very much there. Uh, and I think that with this opportunity that he's got now, uh, you know, probably with the best line mates that he's ever been able to enjoy, uh, I think that this is, you know, up there with like a seven or an eight, uh, in terms of possibility. Uh, and I would love, I'd love to see him, uh, be one of those guys who's way up there at the top because there are other guys who can score at his rate, but there are not many people who can shoot the way that he does. Uh, and that makes him just so appealing, because if he can, if he can, you know, up his rates even just a little bit uh, in terms of his shooting percentage, you know, uh, the, the the difference that makes on his totals and on his ceiling uh, really is is tremendous.
0: All right, Lewis, that is all the time that we have for tonight's episode. Uh, we are deep into long shift territory at this point. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. And, Lewis, I want to thank you for being back. I'm really excited about this season, buddy, and uh, looking forward to getting into the the meat of it and, and talking about more games with you on Thursday night.
1: Absolutely. Always a pleasure. There's going to be a ton of action going on when we are next recording. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks for everybody who joined us on Twitch uh, for the live version of the show. Uh, big thanks to John Reed uh, for helping set us up with our cool graphics and getting everything running the way we like it. Uh, be sure to give us a follow at short Shifts KK as well as Brian and Elon at keeping Carlson Dave Benton of the stream scheme at NHL stream scheme his episode is in the main feed and hopefully you have listened to it already but if you haven't it is not too late check it out I also recommend that you follow at game day lines at game day goalies and at game day news and you can find all of the information from those Twitter accounts summarized at the game day tweets site uh, please also visit the great sites where we research our episodes at yahoo frozen tools natural stat check and kakupful.com our intro and outro music was created by pat roach and until we see you next time play smart and keep your shifts short